The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Congratulations. You made it to Friday. Uh, just a couple of more hours before you get to the weekend. Maybe you're already off. Maybe you took a day off or maybe took off early on a Friday afternoon. Um, and if you did, congratulations. If not, just a couple of more hours before the weekend is upon us. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Go with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. We are inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. A big shout out to uh, the Plaza Bar and Lounge for sponsoring our studio between 2 and 4 p.m. each and every day here on ESPN 106.7. And a reminder that the Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. Uh, home of the original War Burger, the Plaza Bar offers an easy and exciting menu to go along with fantastic drink specials. Uh, enjoy the kid and dog friendly Plaza Patio while keeping up with all of the other football action leading up to kickoff on Saturdays. Located at 800 Main Street in Midtown, just off of Opelika Road, the Plaza offers happy hour from 4 to 6 every weekday, uh, so don't forget about that Sunday brunch as well, and uh, make sure you make it over to the Plaza Bar and Lounge, your pregame stop in Auburn. Well, again, happy Friday, September 22nd, 2023. Lots to talk about here on the uh, Friday edition of On the Line. Um, and um, just, just so much to to talk about on the show today. We've got tons of football to talk about. We're getting Lee Sterling on the phone um, right now. We're going to get him uh, from Paramount Sports uh, and talk to him about the biggest betting lines of the weekend, which ones that he recommends, maybe if you're into that sort of thing, and talk about maybe the movement um, as well for some of these lines and some of the biggest games in college football. Because, folks, if you haven't looked at what's coming up tomorrow, holy smokes. I mean, it is it is a big, big weekend of college football this Saturday. I mean, one of the biggest weekends we've had in a long, long time. And so Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports and the co-host of Locked on Bets joining us in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk to him um, about what he recommends in the biggest games this weekend. Coming up at 2.30, excited about this as well, David Nuno from TexAgs and TexAgs.com. He will join us on the phone lines to preview Auburn and Texas A&M, give us his thoughts on this Texas A&M team and program, how they 
they are feeling going into this game tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium, or excuse me, over in Kyle Field. I wish it was in Jordan-Hare Stadium, but it is in Kyle Field. Uh, so we'll talk to a good friend of mine, David Nuno from TexAgs and TexAgs.com. That's coming up at 2.30. And then in hour number two, you've been here long enough, you know what's coming up. Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by Sensa Green Heating and Air. That's coming up in hour number two. We'll make our picks for the SEC games, other games in the country as well, and talk about Auburn and Texas A&M. So that's what's on the schedule for a busy Friday edition of On the Line. And we started off with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and the co-host of Locked on Bets. Lee, happy Friday, man. Hope you're doing well. I am. I can't complain. <laughs> I don't know which games I'm going to put on them. That's, last week was a pretty easy decision. The card was not good. I'm hoping... You know, with the expansion of the playoffs to 12 teams, we, we get weekends like this. This is what college football is all about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are, what, six top 25 matchups this yep. weekend. Um, three of those coming out of the Pac-12. We know the SEC's got one. Uh, there is one with Ohio State, Notre Dame. So just so many good games this weekend and truly one of the best weekends that we've had in a long time for college football. And before you give us some of your games, plug all your stuff, let everybody know where they can go if they're looking to get some picks and get some insight on some of these big games this weekend. Well, just check out the website. It's our 30th year, ParamountSports.com. I use my real name, unlike a lot of other people out there in the industry. I'm a former college quarterback, played at a school called Texas, Southwest Texas State, now Texas State University in the early 80s. And uh, I'm going to give you best, my best shot. I'm not going to win every game or every week, but we have a documented record this year of 25-12 and 12 in the college football and the NFL since the start of the preseason, and we've won 28 out of 29 years. So let's say that there's another game you want to see me break down and predict. I can't do them all this week. There's so many good games, but mm-hmm. uh, let's say there's another one you're thinking about. It's probably up there. Videos take about two minutes in length. Uh, check them out, ParamountSports.com. Well, man, you, you guys do a fantastic job, and I look forward to this. We started it last week and really excited to have you throughout the football season. Let's get into some of those big-time games this weekend. Which games, when it comes to the betting lines, have caught your eye, and which ones are you really going to be looking at this weekend? Okay, so you know what? Let's, let's, let's look at one of the games right out of the gate, and it's Auburn-Alabama, uh, those two games. So I thought that, that we were going to see a bigger line in Texas A&M and Auburn, and I thought the Alabama game uh, uh, was going to be bigger also. So we're going to find out in those two games, and, and also even the LSU-Arkansas game. You know, if LSU only wins by, let's say, 7 to 10 points last week and Arkansas holds on and wins that game, I think the line's 10 or 11, not 18. Yeah, it just seems like 18, you know, it's been floating around between 17 and 18 for LSU yep. against Arkansas. And I've been talking with people, man. It just seems it seems fishy, does it not, Lee? I yep. mean, it seems like Vegas is just begging you to jump on LSU because of what happened last week for both of these squads, which I mean, is that a it's a is it a weird line to you or do you think it's right based off of what we've seen so All far? All right, let's let's start with that game because and we'll finish up uh, the last two, we'll yeah, save yeah, those yeah. for last. But so, I think, like I said, the line would have been ten or eleven if that happens. Arkansas, just <laughs> who knows? They let the lead slip away. They were up thirty-one yep. twenty-one in the third. Uh, I went in to get something to eat and came back five minutes later, 
and it was a tie score. 14 penalties, I think, were one of the reasons for 125 yards. Mm. Undisciplined. But, uh, you know, BYU is one of these teams. They don't look pretty. They just hang in there, and they've done really well. I think they won seven of the last eight contests against Big 12 teams. Each of the last three games in this series have been decided by a field goal. I know LSU won in 2020 and 2022, but uh, not a whole lot of points. 43 points on average have been scored in these games here. Uh, Arkansas has won each of the last two years in their first SEC game, and LSU Jaden Davis has been incredible. 30 for 34 for 361 yards, and he ran for 64 yards. But I think K.J. Jefferson's one of these guys, he... He and the team, they just get up for games that people think they have no chance here. He's a dual-threat quarterback. How'd you like to tackle a guy who goes almost 250 and is strong and, and is fast? He did not play in the game last year where they lost 13-10. to 10. I think he's going to will his team to hang, out in this, to hang in this game here. I think LSU wins 34-26. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. It's more a fact that Mississippi State just can't find themselves. I'll take the 17-and-a-half, 18. Yeah, I like that as well with Arkansas hanging in that game against LSU. You already brought them up and definitely want to get your thoughts on these. Alabama and Ole Miss. You've got Alabama uh, with a touchdown favorite, A&M as a touchdown favorite over Auburn. Um, what is what is your thoughts and picks on those two games, man? Yeah, so um, let, let's, let's first – I want to look at Ohio State here and Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, yeah, State, yeah, good call. Ohio State, um, first real test for both of these teams. How important is a quarterback? Well, Sam Hartman, this year, 15 touchdowns, he and his backup, no interceptions after four games. Their quarterbacking was horrendous last year. Three touchdowns and three interceptions after three games. So, night and day. Ohio State, last year with C.J. Stroud, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. This year, pedestrian, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. I think Sam Hartman's special here. He doesn't have great receivers. Ohio State might have the best receivers in the country, but got to have that quarterback here, and home field advantage is big. I think this is a circle game for Notre Dame. They've been just gearing up for this game the last three or four weeks. And Ohio State, nothing special. One and seven against the spread as a road favorite. They struggled at Indiana opening week. Wrong team favorite. Notre Dame outright 28-24. Wow. I like that, man, because look, it's weird for Notre Dame to be the underdog at home, but here's my only concern is can Notre Dame win the big game, right? Can they get up and yeah. play that big team and win and play and perform in prime time and take on an Ohio State team that doesn't have a good quarterback right now? Maybe they figure it out, but we know their receivers are fantastic, and so all eyes will be on South Bend, Indiana come tomorrow night when Ohio State takes on Notre Dame another game you've got on your slate Florida State and Clemson it seems like this game Lee flying under the radar nobody's caring about this game but it's always a doozy when these two teams get together I mean it's do or die for Clemson they lose this game the ACC title pretty much done obviously two losses you're out of the national title hunt here it's at home They've won seven straight against FSU. I think FSU is going to be prepared for this game. I think they were looking ahead. And I just think that they caught Boston College. They were probably watching film of Boston College. And Boston College had looked horrendous in their first couple games. They had a mobile quarterback. And Florida State's always had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. But Kate Klubnick, 
for Clemson, he's not that guy. 63 rushing yards in three games here. I think the FSU receivers and special teams here might be the difference here. I like FSU 27-23. Any worry about this game being at Clemson, Lee? A little bit, yeah. I mean, you're going to get maybe a few extra, you know, uh, <laughs> penalties for illegal procedure. You know, you never know as far as the, the officiating crew what's going to happen. I just think that Jordan Travis, just, just, I mean, masterful. Like I said, base it on the more on the LSU game. LSU destroyed Mississippi State and Florida State second half, just a dominant team. So I think they're well conditioned. I think they're well coached here. They don't have any real weakness. A lot of teams, you're like, oh, okay, safety position, offensive line. You can't find a weakness on that team. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports and the co-host of Locked on Bets joining us here to start off the Friday edition of On the Line. Those final two games, they're big ones. They're massive. Two of the biggest games in the SEC. Alabama hosting Ole Miss in another do-or-die situation for the Crimson Tide, and then Texas A&M hosting Auburn. I'll let you start with whichever one you want, man. Both games should be really, really fun. Yeah, let's start with the Alabama-Ole Miss game here. I'm watching them the first couple games, and the notes I keep writing to myself on a piece of paper are, this team just did nothing special, this Alabama team. There's no running back. There's no receiver. I mean, it used to be I mean, it was scary. I mean, I wouldn't want to even – I wouldn't take a trip with an opposing team to play Alabama and Tuscaloosa. But now I, I don't think teams are afraid anymore, and not just by the eye test. Let's look at the numbers. Alabama averaging just 5.8 yards per snap. Ole Miss 8.19 yards per snap. Now, I know they got a couple guys banged up, running back receiver. I think they're going to do everything they can to play in this game here. I know Alabama's won the last seven here, but I just think Lane Kiffin has enough horses here, and he's got the better quarterback. And what Nick Saban did, I mean, going to Tyler Buckner and and Ty Simpson here, Mm -hmm. I think it was an act of desperation. He should have been going with Jalen Milrow the whole time. If it doesn't work out now with Milrow, I I don't know what he does. I I think that Lane Kiffin is going to break through. He's going to become the fourth former assistant to beat Nick Saban here. Wrong team favored. Ole Miss outright 31-27 over Bama. Man, 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 man. Well, <laughs> look, there are there are a lot of people saying um, that it's now or never for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss because if you can't beat Alabama now, you may never be able to do it, and they've got a great chance to do it in Tuscaloosa tomorrow at 2.30. Texas A&M hosting Auburn. This line's been all over the place. Aggies favored by at least a touchdown tomorrow. Yeah, we're seeing anywhere from seven and a half to eight, and and I got to see A and up up close and personal when they played Miami, and you know it was a bad setup for them. Miami had lost last year. I know Miami had been working on a bunch of stuff three to four weeks in advance of that game, and then A and M. I even saw the players before the game. I mean, were they playing around? No, but it wasn't like it was the biggest game of the year for them. They had three turnovers in that game. Uh, one a receiver just slipped down, and also allowed a kick return kickoff return for a touchdown that i think changed the game here their offense is different you're not going to see the same offense you faced last year i think they only had one starting offensive lineman playing that 13 to 10 loss at auburn late in the year now i think their offensive line is better defensive line as we know is loaded they've been i mean pulling in left and right four and five star guys there they can go too deep there but the passing game that's where i think they can separate themselves Connor wegman Absolute stud. I think he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
think three or four of their receivers will be playing at the next level. Last year, just 219 passing yards per game. This year, 337 here. Auburn's offense, I just don't see that clear offensive identity. Maybe they, you know, they play with a chip on their shoulder. Maybe they have a great game plan. They play that A game, but I think also revenge is real big here. I think A&M will be up. You might see their best game. I like A&M big, 37-20. Mm, man. You, all my li- bit, I, know. I know. All my listeners just tuned out. No, I'm just kidding. Lee Sterling <laughs> of Paramount Sports. Man, I, I really, really enjoy this. You're one of the best in the yep. business on, on picking these games, and I appreciate you agreeing to do this every single Friday here throughout the football season to start off the show. Let everybody know once more where they can find you, where they can find all of your great stuff, and how they can get involved with you at Paramount Sports. Just go to the website, ParamountSports.com. Like I said, a lot of free stuff there, a lot of other free pick videos that are out there. I mean, some great games. Well, we didn't even touch on them all. We've got uh, Penn State and Iowa, yeah. uh, uh, Louisville-Boston College, Kansas-BYU, Oklahoma-Cincinnati, Texas-Baylor. Watch all those videos if you want to get involved. How about this? We have our college football underdog shocker best bet going on Saturday. You want to try us out for one week? It's the Baker's Dozen, 13 games, just $97. Or two weeks, we lowered that to just $127 on our phone service. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. There you go. Go check it out if you are uh, interested in all of that. Lee, I appreciate you, man. It's always a blast to catch up and talk with you, and we will uh, have you on next Friday. Enjoy the wonderful slate of college football this weekend. Thanks so much, Jacob. You have a great weekend and be safe. You too, man. That is Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com and the co-host of Locked on Bets. If you're into that, go check it out. Um, I said this last week when we introduced him on the show. I'm bringing him on for two reasons. A, if you're into that, right, if you want to be involved in the betting side of things, that is on you. That is totally whatever you want to do. It's none of my business. But I also like bringing him on because it gives us really good insight on how some of the lines have moved throughout the week, how it impacts the game, and he doesn't just pick the game. He picks the game with the spread, and that's even more difficult. So I enjoy it. Uh, Lee is a great friend of mine. We met a couple of years ago at SEC Media Days, and I really do appreciate him hopping on and starting out the show every Friday with me here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. When we come back, I'll start talking about some of these games because – It's an unbelievable slate this weekend. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you don't have at least seven TVs, you better hit the Best Buy or go to Walmart or something. Find some more televisions. Find a way to do it because there's too many games on this weekend. We'll talk about them when we come back. Plus, coming up at the bottom of the hour at 2.30, my good friend David Nuno from Texags and Texags.com will join us on the phone lines, talk about Auburn, Texas A&M, give us his thoughts on the Aggies, and are they playing in desperation on Saturday? All that coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back here in the studio for the Friday edition of On the Line. We appreciate Lee Sterling uh, joining us from ParamountSports.com and the co-host of Locked on Bets. He is our um, new Friday guest to start off the show. Um, Really, really enjoy talking with him. And again, he does a fantastic job. And go listen to his podcast. Again, he's the co-host of Locked on Bets. Um, and then he does all of his picks and does all of his work for ParamountSports.com. 
Go check that out. Um, it's it's just immaculate of what they're able to do. Um, picking college games, NFL games, basketball. They do all kinds of stuff there. So, again, go check it out, ParamountSports.com. we got a few more minutes uh, before uh, we take another break and get to uh, David Nuno from TexAgs, the TexAgs.com, big-time Texas A&M uh, site. They do a bunch of great coverage. I uh, met these guys when I was at SEC Media Days this year up in Nashville. They had me on their show um, and really, really enjoyed it and so uh, thankful for him to give us his time coming up in a few minutes because we got to get the perspective from Texas A&M because we know what's at stake in this football game tomorrow between Auburn and A&M. Auburn, Auburn is going in and playing a game to go 4-0 and and to get the Hugh Freeze era really started off right. Texas A&M's playing this game to somewhat save Jimbo Fisher's job. I mean, think about that. And I'm curious on what the fan base is really saying uh, what some of the media is saying around Texas A&M, and so that's why I'm bringing David on in just a few minutes. Somebody said this earlier. I saw it on a, on a Twitter post or an Instagram post. I can't remember. I was at lunch, and I was scrolling, and I saw a post about Auburn, Texas A&M, and I was reading some of the comments, and somebody said this, and it was so true, and it was so good, and I did not come up with this, so I can't claim it. But somebody said, they were talking about how Jimbo and Texas A&M, they have to win this game tomorrow because you can't afford to lose to this Auburn team. Somebody in the comments said this. They said, Jimbo Fisher cannot afford to let Hugh Freeze and Auburn come in and show that he has made more progress at his program in eight months more than what Jimbo Fisher has done at Texas A&M in over four years. How about that? That is 1,000% true. Let me say that again. Somebody said that the desperation factor for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M in this game is because Jimbo cannot afford and Texas A&M will not stand to let Hugh Freeze, with eight months on the job at Auburn, show more progress here than what Jimbo Fisher's done in four years at Texas A&M. And I think that is spot on. That is perfect. Because that's exactly what it would mean. That's exactly what it would mean. If Auburn and Hugh Freeze go to Texas A&M tomorrow and they win this football game, I don't care how they do it, whether they win by 50 or they win by one, if Auburn wins tomorrow, they will be a better team and a better program right now based off of recruiting, based off of field, based off of record than what Texas A&M is right now. Because they would then be 2-2 two and two on the season with a loss out, out of conference and a loss in conference. And another loss to Auburn with two teams where one is extremely more talented recruit-wise than the other. And I don't have to tell you which is which. But I saw somebody say that earlier, and I mean, that was so good. And it's so, so true. We're going to talk to David Nuno about that from Texax coming up in just a few minutes um but looking at the other games this weekend really quickly i mean what a fantastic saturday it's going to be i mean i i am going to be locked in to multiple tvs multiple radios um just got it all all taking it all in on a saturday not only is this the best weekend we've had this season by far i believe 
I think I saw a stat where this is the most top 25 matchups on a single Saturday since like 2015 or something like that. Like it's been a long time since we've had this good of football in one singular day. That includes games like Florida State and Clemson, which is not a top 25 matchup. Oklahoma-Cincinnati, which is not a top 25 matchup. Um, Games like that that aren't top 25s but are going to be good football games. Oklahoma State-Iowa State. I think that's a good game outside the top 25. LSU-Arkansas. That's not a top 25 matchup, but that's another good one from the SEC. Probably what, the third best game of the weekend out of the conference? So, I mean, it's just going to be unbelievable. Plus, you have six top 25 matchups, including a top 10 game between number six Ohio State at number nine Notre Dame. We just talked about that with Lee Sterling a few minutes ago. How about the battle of the undefeateds? 3-0 Memphis taking on 3-0 Missouri? Why not? Why not? Tune in. It's on ESPNU, 6.30 tomorrow night. It's probably going to be a good game. Not saying it's going to be the best game, but it'll probably be pretty good. I've talked about Mississippi State, South Carolina. That's another good game. That's not top 25. Neither one of those teams are ranked, but a great game that it will be. Enjoy the slate this weekend. We've got a lot more to talk about it here on the Friday edition of On the Line, but don't go anywhere. David Nuno from TexAgs and TexAgs.com will join us, give us his thoughts on Texas A&M, a perspective we've yet to have this week, and get his thoughts on this Auburn and Texas A&M matchup coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. at Kyle Field. Don't go anywhere. The Friday edition of On the Line continues after this. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a beautiful Friday afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and excited to uh, get to another guest here on the show today, uh, a guy that I met while I was in SEC Media Days in Nashville this year, uh, a guy with him and his crew who do a wonderful, wonderful job covering Texas A&M with TexAgs and TexAgs.com, David Nuno joining us on the phone lines david great to hear from you man i hope all things are well over there in Aggieland. jacob what's up buddy how you been i'm good brother how are things with you and uh the site i think it's tbd because as you know as a talk show <laughs> host of his alma mater it kind of goes with the week and in college football uh we've had two gimmies and one test and we failed the one test so i guess i'm I'm TBD for Saturday. Well, that is totally understandable. And a game that um, I think are, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this football game tomorrow, David. 11 a.m. on ESPN, right after college game day on TV. Um, there, there are going to be a lot of eyes on this football game for just so many reasons. There's so many storylines here going into this game, but I want to sort of get your your recap so far of this Texas A&M team who is two and one going into the game. You mentioned the the test that they had early in the season against Miami, uh, a weird game I think that ended up going the way of the Hurricanes. Uh, how would you how would you summarize the Aggie season so far? Uh, well, a couple things. They've passed every test that we asked of them in the offseason, 
and they have failed tests that we didn't expect to ask. Okay, so that's one problem pops up as others are uh, solved. So the offense was a problem last year, 22 points a game. You guys saw one of the worst offensive performances, actually, by both teams, but they had Auburn last year, and I was there at that game. They asked to fix the offense. Bobby Petrino comes in. That offense is fixed. You've got a quarterback that I think you're going to win because of in many games. You've got a talent that is not being wasted offensively. So we asked to fix the offense. The offense has been fixed. The O-line still a TBD. We were terrible stopping SAE. Texas A&M was terrible stopping the run. They're really good at stopping the run this year. They were very good at stopping the pass. Well, it, the reason they were so good at stopping the pass is everybody was running all over them. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of opportunities to pass on them. So I guess we found out that this team can't tackle very well in open space, at least in one game, uh, but they can sure uh, the, the Miami game, even though I think after watching Miami up close and seeing what the ACC has been able to do to the SEC this year, at least early on, Miami's better than I expected. A&M is better offensively than I expected. The defense has a long, long way to go. But some of those problems on defense, Jacob, are correctable. Being out of space, scheme, and tackling, I think those are fixable things with the talent that they have. Yeah, I think your your take about Miami is kind of where everybody is right now, where I think Miami's just a little bit better than people thought they were going to be. Um, and this Texas A&M offense has, has really looked good through the first few games of this season. I mean, Connor Wigman is is throwing for 900 yards, eight touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, he's a, he's a top-five quarterback in the SEC right now. Would you agree? Yeah, and I would say really only one interception to his name. Um, those two interceptions in the Miami game – Anaya Smith fell down on a play. They were having a lot of issues with their cleats in that game. He fell, and it just went straight to the guy. And then the last interception, it counts because uh, Connor was the last fourth down offensive play of of the game. Connor was trying to make a play. It was his last opportunity to get it within one score, and it was picked. It it definitely counts as a pick, but he has been so good. And you go back to last year, he didn't throw any interceptions either. He had eight touchdowns, no interceptions when he started the last three games. So this guy... Uh, he is one of the top five SEC quarterbacks. He's going to have to do it long term because we've seen guys do it for a game or two. Well, I like to see what he does over the long haul, but he's got the moxie that you want from a quarterback. He throws a beautiful ball. And he seems to inspire his teammates, but you know that's half the battle in being a good quarterback. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And it's weird because I feel like the expectations from non Texas A&M fans, from everybody around the SEC, the expectations for him just weren't all that high. Was there any reason for that? Because you mentioned it. He ended the year really well, and so far he started off and really picked back up where he left off. It's because the last two years have been stinkers, right? They've had two pretty nice quarterback names go in there. Actually, one, to be honest with you, with Haynes King. He was expected to be really, really good. He got hurt in 2021. Zach Calzado, another highly recruited guy, really wasn't that good except for the Alabama game. So you've seen highly rated guys, highly ranked guys, not do all that well in this Jimbo Fisher offense. The difference was the moment Connor Wigman became a starter against Ole Miss last year, the offense was significantly better with a pedestrian style, by the way. Uh, look, I don't, I don't blame the national media or uh, fans around the country to have A&M prove it to me, but I think Connor Wigman is doing that in spite of a bad defense. That Miami game, he faced more pressure than any quarterback in the entire country, yet he was not sacked. And he was pretty darn good throwing for over 335 yards. So I, I think he'll earn that trust. But AM as a team, as an entity, needs to get back closer to what they saw in 2020 as opposed to what we've seen in the last two years. 
David Nuno of Texags and Texags.com joining us here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Defensively, uh, so far for Texas A&M, if you had to to grade them and maybe talk about some some strengths and weaknesses that Auburn may see tomorrow there at Kyle Field, uh, what can you tell us about that Texas A&M defense? Uh, the defense, I, I don't want to give them an F, but it was an F against Miami. Uh, and then the two, you know, stinker games that they had against New Mexico and ULM. Look, a lot of teams around the country, Auburn's taking on some teams that aren't that good. So the fact that they were able to blow both of those teams out without really giving up any uh, any scoring at all, was it uh, 13 points on the year I think they gave up between those two games? And they only gave up three last week to ULM. So I say that to you saying I don't know about this defense because when they had to take the test on of athletes, they could not tackle. The defensive front is really big and strong. Uh, they have a problem getting to the quarterback, which is interesting, and I think it's because all the five- and four-star guys that they have added to that roster, they're more defensive tackle, not like twitchy, fast guys around the edge. Mm-hmm. they got a couple of development guys that have to get there. for Bill Diggs coming back from injury last year, really good player, had three-and-a-half sacks, and in, in, in those three-and-a-half came in back-to-back games. He's got to really assess it, uh, assert himself on that defensive line. They can stop the run. They're very good at third-down conversions. I think number three in the country. But they struggle tackling in space, at least in the one game against Miami. If you have athletes, and we all know that Auburn does, that's where it gets you. And another thing that I think Auburn should consider as an advantage, when when A&M took on Miami, they had a lot of transfers on that roster that A&M really could not prepare for. There's been more game film on Auburn, but again, a lot of transfers thanks to Hugh Freeze. So it's a little bit more difficult to plan for, and I think Hugh as a play caller, really knows how to change things up and make it very difficult. Uh, I think that'll be an interesting test in the game. Well, there's there's no doubt that you guys have done your homework, and I know you've been previewing this Auburn to Texas A&M game all week long there for Tex-Ags, and you started uh, started to allude to it there. What is your, your breakdown on this Auburn team so far and, and what threats they could pose to Texas A&M offensively and defensively tomorrow at 11 a.m.? Well, I, I, I do think... I know that Auburn is really good running the ball, and that is something that I, I assume they will try to establish. But I think Miami gave the playbook to everybody, right? Why not try to? I don't think we all thought of, uh, even though Tyler Van Dyke had a very nice year a couple of years ago, I don't think people thought of him as this guy who's going to destroy SEC defenses. Well, right. he absolutely thrashed the Aggies defense. So if I'm Auburn, I'm throwing these crossing routes and making A&M prove to me that they can stop those passes and those crossing routes and seeing if the athletes on offense are more athletic uh, than the defensive backs on A&M's defense. And then conversely, offensively, or excuse me, defensively, if, I, if I'm Auburn, I'm taking away A&M's deep threat. Uh, the A&M is torsion people. Connor Wegman loves to throw 20 and deeper, and he's been very successful completing most of those passes. That's why he's number two in QBR. If I'm Auburn, I'm taking that away and forcing A&M to, A, run the ball, which They've been okay. They haven't been bad, but they they haven't really relied on it. I think running the ball maybe 36% of the time is the number that I saw. So I'm I'm forcing A&M to run and throw those short passes and making those athletes beat you that way. I know that the Auburn secondary is a little banged up, but I do think that that would be a a strategy to help out. And I I know they're getting one of their bets back this weekend as well. His name escapes me at the moment. So that should help in some reinforcements. 
yeah, Auburn is is definitely banged up on the defensive side more than anything, and they're expecting to get Nehemiah Pritchett back um, in that secondary, but they lost Keontae Scott. He's out for the next few games, so you're kind of losing one and gaining one all at the same time, and hopefully Auburn getting some linebackers healthy this week as well. David, I got to ask, what is the the vibe around Texas A&M fans going into this game? We know the different storylines. We know the different headlines going into this game about Jimbo Fisher and the pro program itself and I want to get to that in just a second but what are the fans saying on your guys' site and just in general there in College Station about tomorrow's game and where this program is? The reality is there is way more to gain for Auburn than there is for A&M but there's way more to lose for A&M than Auburn and that's the vibe around here. This is year six for Jimbo Fisher. I actually think Jimbo Fisher is a really good head coach. I think the last couple of years is not a He's either not evolving with football, right, which is a possibility, but there was, there was the steady climb with Jimbo, right? There was the steady climb, nine-win season this first year with one of the hardest schedules in all of football. Uh, and then, you know, the 2020 season happened that now looks to be maybe that was the outlier. Maybe this, what we're seeing more recently, is more who they really are. But the reality is this is year six for, for this Aggie program. And as good as Hugh Freeze is, and I have a lot of respect for him for a coach, uh, especially the way he can uh, his schemes and the way he attacks uh, opposing defenses. Year six with one of the best recruiting uh, staffs in the entire country with what top five talent around the country. If you can't beat at home at Kyle Field, Auburn, who is really good this year, I don't believe they're the Auburn from last year, then what are we even doing here? That is the vibe. Wow. You've got to get it done. Uh, now, that being said, there's a long season to go. It's the SEC, and I, I was reminded of how difficult things can be recently when I watched the uh, Gators documentary on Netflix. Um, the, the What is it called? Swamp, Swamp Kings. Kings. That, was, that was great, by the way, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we think of those Gators teams as so dominant. Do you remember that first championship? How many games came down to luck and last-second plays? Right? Yeah. Like, just blocking a field goal, just luck going your way, an interception in the fourth quarter. That is life in the SEC. A&M last year, as bad as they were, they were so close in seven games, one-score games, if they make one extra play. But that is life in the SEC. So I guess my point is, if A&M were to lose to Auburn, it's not the end of the world. It's going to feel like the end of the world because there's a lot of football left and there's a lot of teams in the SEC that are trying to figure out their identity. But for A&M fans that expected to build on that 2020 season in 2021 and have the, the, the bottom drop in an 8-4 season, and then last year – no one in the country was predicting a five-win team. For that to happen and the Appalachian State loss, and then to start off this season with saying all the right things, having a corrected offense, and dropping one forty-eight points to Miami, they cannot afford a loss to Auburn. I have a lot of respect for the program. I think that they bounce back quicker than most programs do, and I think we'll see them there. But this is year six for Jimbo Fisher with all that talent at home. That is reason that the spread is what it is, and they better go and do it, and that's just the way I think Aggies look at it. Yeah, just to give you a uh, the, the flip side perspective of what Auburn fans are saying here in Auburn, David, I mean, you're kind of spot on with that. It's like, well, Auburn has a really good chance to kick off the Hugh Freeze era in the SEC with a big win over a Texas A&M team that, look, we all know Auburn's had really good success for whatever reason it is there at Kyle Field. Um, I think A&M may be like 1-4 all-time versus Auburn at home, which is wild, and they've had great success at Jordan-Hare Stadium, but Auburn fans seem to be in the 
same boat is where they have a lot to gain, but if Auburn loses, it's not the end of the world because Auburn's not really expected to win this game. And that's kind of where I want to get your personal thoughts of there are people saying that Auburn may play motivated and A&M may play uh, maybe playing scared or even worried because there are so much expectations. What do you expect to see from this A&M team in the game itself tomorrow, given all of the different storylines going into it? No, I don't think a is going to play scared at all. I, I just think if they're not coached up, they're not going to win. Like that, and that's just the bottom line. Uh, I think defensively there are a lot of questions. This A&M team is going to score some points. Uh, look, they're not going to have the success that they had against New Mexico and ULM against Auburn. Let's be honest about that. But if this team needs to be in a shootout, they can win some shootouts. Uh, they just got to tackle in space. The Miami game is the game I keep going back to because that's the only test that we had. Right. They were so bad at, at, at tackling. like, and, and I'm talking like elementary tackling. 242 yards after the catch is unacceptable. And I just think the athleticism and, you know, maybe even playing on the road, which you would think that shouldn't bother. But this team hasn't won on the road in seven games going back to Missouri 2021. So it's been a long time since they've won on the road. A&M has been pretty good at home. Look, we all know when they bring their A game, they can beat an LSU team that was the best team in the West last year, and they beat them pretty convincingly by a couple of scores. They just don't do it often enough. Uh, and these are the games that, to me, will prove if they are truly on that trajectory that we think that they should be on. Because, look, they've lost to Auburn. They've lost to the Mississippi schools. And I'm not putting the Mississippi schools and Auburn in the same kind of area. But last year, those are all games that A&M should have won. They did not. It starts tomorrow with an SEC schedule of games that they are favored. I think they'll be their favored tomorrow. They'll, they'll probably be favored against Arkansas if they win tomorrow. It's still a big if. And who knows what's going to happen with Alabama the week after that. So the, the bottom line is, this is their opportunity. The SEC West is wide open. It's not the end of the world if they lose, but it's going to certainly feel like the end of the world. Yeah, you better believe it. The SEC West is, I know we're just really getting into SEC play, but it is wide open and there it really is anybody's division right now with the question marks in, in Tuscaloosa, with if Ole Miss is legit, if LSU can truly be who we think they are. So just so many different factors going in to this game tomorrow between Auburn and Texas A&M. David Nuno of TexAgs and TexAgs.com joining us on the phone lines. David, I appreciate you, brother. It's great to catch up with you and talk about this game tomorrow. It should be a lot of fun. No matter who wins, it should be a fantastic game. Great atmosphere there at Kyle Field in Aggieland, and we're looking forward to it. I know you are as well, man. I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Hope to get you online here soon, all right? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. That is David Nuno of TexAgs and TexAgs.com, and we appreciate him and his time joining us here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We'll come back, wrap up the hour, and you know what's coming up. Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett will join me in the studio for all of hour number two. We'll make our picks and predictions for the biggest games in college football coming up this weekend and talk about that Auburn and Texas A&M game because there are just so many ways to go with that football game so a couple of minutes left and in all of hour number two the phone lines are open as well we do want to hear from you on a friday afternoon what are your thoughts what are your picks what are your predictions for auburn texas a&m or any other game going on in college football give me a call i'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 we'll wrap up hour number one on the other side you are on the line on espn 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, and we get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Andy, you're on the line, man. I know you got to pick a prediction for the game tomorrow. What's up? <laughs> hey, Lord, yeah, early in the week, um, I really haven't changed. I'm super nervous, and this is this is my simple breakdown of it. Okay. If, if Auburn, Texas A&M both have A games, they're going to win. If we both have F games, they're going to win. If they have an A game, we have an F game, they're going to destroy us. And if we have an A game, they have an F game, we're going to win. So that's one out of four. Um, it's about a 25% chance. So unless Auburn and just plays perfectly and Texas A&M plays horribly, you've got A&M winning on pretty much every occasion. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not by much, but it's just – and I hate that. Um, what, it, what is it – let me ask you this, Andy. What is it about Texas A&M or just the game itself that's got you so worried? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I've, I've not I've not sat through one game and, and gone. That's it. That's that's the Auburn. You know, that's. I don't think we're there yet. I hope next year is different. Um, again, I am so happy we're where we're at compared to where we were last year. Um, I think we'll take a couple losses and then we might upset like an Alabama or something like that. You know, I mean, just we we watched enough football where Missouri, you know, beat Kansas um, last week. I mean. Things like that happen all the time. Um, my biggest concern, to answer your question, is, for example, with Cal. If Cal was third and 14, they got the first down. Cal, if Cal needed something, they got it done. These teams, they can do it to us really easy, and we always seem to struggle. You know, fourth and one, and we can't get it. Um, these other teams go forward on fourth and one, and thank God that Cal kicker was missing it left or right, or they would have destroyed us. Yeah, you better believe um, it. I have a lot of faith. And in uh, the coach, and um, you know, I'm hoping he. I mean, he's going to have to pull some stuff out of the hat. And I, and I will, I will be throwing toilet paper around the trees. I hope we win, but I just have to be a realistic. And I'm just, I'm really nervous. I'm not looking forward to waking up and cracking a beer at 10:30 and <laughs> being, being disappointed an hour later. You know, I'm just no, I, I'm I, not I... looking. Yeah, I understand it. And look, I think I chalk a lot of those things up to early season struggles, Andy, and I hope that's the case because I hope Auburn comes out and fixes those things tomorrow. And my expectation is that they will. But if they don't, then yeah, I think Texas A&M can, can really do some damage tomorrow on the road. Good news is, for whatever reason, like I was talking with my Texas A&M guest just a moment ago, for whatever reason, Auburn has really good success in Aggieland. I don't know why, but they win there oh, more times than they lose. And, and listen, you know I'm a, a, a I like to bet on these games, and those stats they matter. I don't get it. I, I I don't get it. But those those stats play a big part. And the one thing I'll, I'll leave you with is, uh, you know, I, I wish you you get prime time sometime. I, I love your show. I love the guys you pull on here. Um, but just like your friend from Aggieland said, you know, if they need to score, they can score, and that that's what scares me. Yep. You know, we we can score. And hopefully their defense is bad and, and we can score. But we, from what I can tell, we cannot score if we need to score. Well, uh, we're going to have to see, Andy. Hey, man, we're up against the break. Right, I really appreciate your call, man. Great to hear from you. As always, on Fridays, I appreciate the kind words as well, man. We're out here grinding and doing our absolute best. I think it's going to be a lot of points tomorrow. And we're going to talk about that coming up in hour number two. Don't go anywhere. Uncle T-Bone joins me for hour number two, brought to you by Sensagreen Heating and Air here on the Friday edition of On the Line.
The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I hope you're all doing well. It's another gorgeous day, and I mean a beautiful day here in Auburn, Opelika. If you missed any of the first hour of today's show, you got to go back and listen to it later on today. Uh, It was a really, really good hour. Flew by as we had two wonderful guests. Uh, We started off the show with good friend of mine, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and co-host of Locked on Bets. Uh, Came in and talked about some of the biggest games from the weekend coming up tomorrow. And the betting lines made a lot of his picks, including the Auburn and Texas A&M game. Uh, So be sure you go and check that out. Plus, my my new friend uh, from Texas A&M, I met him this year at SEC Media Days, David Nuno from TexAgs and TexAgs.com joined me on the phone lines giving his really really interesting and unique perspective on this game tomorrow and the Texas A&M program and all the storylines that we've been talking about for Texas A&M he confirmed them going into this game about what Jimbo has to do in this game tomorrow so a really really fun interview with him that was in the first hour as well so if you missed any of it it'll be posted as a podcast commercial free right after the show today so be sure you go and find that at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast but it's hour number two It's on a Friday. It's on ESPN 106.7, and that means we're joined by my great, great friend, Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. It's all brought to you by our great friends at Sense of Green Heating and Air. Uncle T, how are you, brother? It's great to see you once again. Yeah, it's great to be seen. Uh, Wonderful to be back in the studios here, the uh, Plaza Bar Studios, 106.7 ESPN, Auburn, Opelika. Every Friday from Radio Free Auburn, yours truly, Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett, brought to you by Sensagreen at www.sensagreen.com. That's Sensagreen Heating and Air for air that's cool and clean. Call Sense of Green. Call Sense of Green and make sure they can uh, let them help you out a little bit um, as the weather starts to change. Get your stuff checked out. I know they preach that all the time. So uh, make sure you get your units checked out and call Sense of Green Heating and Air. And as you mentioned, we are in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studios tonight, tomorrow. Go check them out. Go get some drinks and food over there. They got plenty of TVs. They got a patio. It's going to be a beautiful day again tomorrow. So go and check them out at the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge as well. What a great slate of games we've got coming up this weekend. I mean, I've been talking about it all week, and everybody else is too, because not only is this the best slate of games this season, this is one of the best weekends we've had in years in college football. Most top 25 matchups since 2015 on one Saturday. I mean, and that doesn't include games like Auburn and Texas A&M that aren't ranked that are going to be really good ones, man. There's uh, seven games that I count 
all in you know with teams within the top 25 that have massive playoff implications it doesn't include all the teams like Auburn that are playing that haven't lost a game yet and are theoretically still in the hunt for the uh, final four in college football playoffs that doesn't even include maybe the bigger game well a big game in the SEC tomorrow night in Baton Rouge with Arkansas and LSU I look at it like this right now and I said this earlier on my show Basically, right now in the college football season, we just finished the first quarter of the of the game, right? We're moving into the second quarter. As we move into the second quarter of the regular season, Jacob, it's a it's practically a double elimination tournament. Yeah. You know, these teams like Alabama, these teams like LSU, like Clemson, they AM, one loss teams, they lose another game for unless there's pure chaos, mm-hmm. they're done. You know, and, and, and there's probably 30 to 40 teams right now still who could possibly get into the Final Four. Now, that sounds a little high because some of these teams are like Duke, and do we really believe Duke's going to make it? They could, but I don't think they will. Realistically, just wait around, college football fan, after this weekend and moving in October and moving into late October, you'll be moving into then a single-game elimination tourney, and the regular season still matters more than ever. I hate to see the 12-game playoff next year because I wonder if it's going to put a damper on the regular season. Uh, but it me- means a lot right now, and there are just massive games. A week. This is the most meaningful week so far in the college football season, and like you said, maybe since 2015. Yeah, well, I, you brought up the point that I was going to make about the playoff expanding because this is the last year of four teams where – you don't you just don't have all this much room to slip up and, and and lose football games whereas I think next year you'll have a little bit more um you'll have a little bit more breathing room if you do happen to to lose a football game but that's what makes college football so special when you compare it to the likes of the NFL where you can lose seven or eight games and still make the postseason and still make a run at a Super Bowl so um that's what makes college football so much fun and it's weekends like this that are making it so special and of course as we do every Friday Uncle we got to make some picks for the SEC games on some of the smaller ones I want to get through those quickly because there are some other games that I want us to talk about in this first 30 minutes before we talk about Auburn and Texas A&M because there's too many big games for us to not at least cover them slightly so uh, be sure that you are going and, and a part of our SEC football challenge on our website at ESPNAU.com go and check it out if you haven't been a part of it sign up we give away a weekly prize to the best picker of the games each and every week and the winner at the end of the season you get all the weekly prizes plus a 55 inch flat screen smart TV it's brought to you by our sponsors the Johnny Brusco's New York Style Pizza the Orthopedic Clinic Tzatziki's and Vintage 2298 Butcher Shop this week you get a Johnny Brusco's gift card if you are the best picker of the games this week. Best pizza in town, man. It's not even close. Yeah, Johnny Brusco's is awesome over there on East University in another location at Moore's Mill. My family loves Johnny B's. They uh, support our 90, Wings 94.3 show, Game Day on Wings, which will be on at 7 a.m. tomorrow. You guys ready for that, you and I'll, Jack Hutton? I mean, I'll probably be up at 4.30 because I'm old, but I don't know about Jack. He might as well just not go to sleep. Yeah, he may as well just stay up. Just and, roll and, on and, in. That's right. Just crush Red Bulls and coffee on the way <laughs> in and, and just stay up and watch the game and take a nap tomorrow afternoon. But, um, no, we appreciate our sponsors. Go check that out. We're going to make our picks live here on the show like we do every single Friday, and we'd love for you to do it as well. ESPNAU.com. Click on the contest tab, and you'll find the SEC football challenge. Um, the games that are gimmies, we're just going to – again, we're just going to go right through those. Georgia beats UAB. No worries there. Um, we'll go ahead and pick that 
one. Tennessee, UTSA is a good football team. Don't let anybody tell you they're not, but they're not beating Tennessee. I think the Vols bounce back. I think they win this football game. They'll score some points on Tennessee. Yes, they will. But that's a good team. Don't you dare sleep on that UTSA team. But Tennessee will win that football game. Um, Florida beats Charlotte. Um, Any concern about Kentucky going on the road to Vanderbilt quickly? No, none. I think that will be a very boring football game. You know, I did a kind of deeper dive into some stats to get ready for the Auburn A&M and Ole Miss Alabama game this week uh, over at secsports.com. You can check out all the stats over there of what's going on with the teams. And Vandy, believe it or not, is actually on top of some stats offensively in the league, but they're still, what now, two and three? They lost me last week when they lost to UNLV. That was really, that was disheartening. I, I mean, that it. just, I had, that, that broke my yeah. heart man that, broke my hey, heart that, that running rebels pick actually has vaulted me a little bit higher oh. in the standings over there at the con- uh, contest at espn-au so watch out for uncle <laughs> t coming on you got to take some chances in those picket contests you're right they lost me when they went over to wake forest and just didn't get off the bus yeah that was bad that was bad well hey our intern and show producer michaela what are you one off of the lead right now michaela is that right so um she's got to make her picks too because you never know she may get in there and try to win her surprises as well but let's look at some of these bigger games around the conference uncle t-bone um Let's start with the night game tomorrow night. Arkansas coming off the loss to BYU in Fayetteville, by the way. They get the reward of traveling to Baton Rouge and taking on a hot LSU team Saturday night. Death Valley, the crazies come out down there. I've got LSU. The line kind of worries me. I think Arkansas keeps it closer than 17 points, but give me the Tigers all day long. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think the line is a little too high here. I underestimated LSU going into Mississippi State last week and missed that call. That one hurt me too. Yeah, I, I, oh. Mississippi State, I mean, you've been on them all summer, my friend, but they're, they're just struggling right now. Offensively, they're offensive, right? And uh, but, but I missed that call, but I called the, the BYU upset. That was another one I had in the picket contest, which really helped me out look that was a classic look ahead game yes it and was Arkansas like Auburn still having some lingering issues with injuries Rocky uh, uh Rocket Sanders Rocket Sanders yep. their all-world tailback should be back tomorrow night from everything I've been able to gather I think LSU gets it done but Arkansas keeps this one a little closer than last week's scores would reflect Mississippi State speaking of them on the road at South Carolina this is a game I'm telling people you've got to at least keep an eye on this game because it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting it may not be the prettiest game you watch this weekend Mississippi State has a chance to get back on track if South Carolina loses in any shape or form they're one and three to start this season with Shane Beamer as their head coach and Spencer Rattler as their quarterback. Any chance they lose this game? No, 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 Jacob. This game is the most boring game probably in the SEC <laughs> no. of the year. Don't no. watch any of it. You've been drinking way too much Bulldog Kool-Aid this year. I'm just going to have to step in and intervene here. Please stop, my friend. Please stop talking <laughs> about Mississippi State. This will be what I like to call my Uncle T-Bone SEC loser leave town college uh, SEC game of the year. Oh. Pack, your suit, pack, pack your suitcases both teams like the old wrestling days right bring some extra underwear and when you get run out of columbia mississippi state losing probably 20 to nothing just pack your bags and go home lose or leave town game of the year if it means anything i have south carolina winning this game i'm just saying the stakes are interesting i'm not saying it's gonna be a good game i just think it's an interesting matchup but um that game uh will be on tomorrow night that is in columbia south carolina 
Now we get down to the interesting ones, the really, really good games in the SEC. Of course, we'll leave Auburn and Texas A&M for the back half of this hour. Before we talk about the game itself, I know you got some thoughts. What's going on? What what are Uncle T-Bone's opinions about Nick Saban, Alabama, the dynasty, the disaster that almost was in Orlando last week? I mean, what in the world is your thoughts on this Alabama football program? Well, in case you haven't been paying attention, sports fan, over the last couple of weeks on radio, on Paul Feinbaum shows, on all the shows around the country, Alabama fans have been going crazy, and it's been must-watch television and must-listen-to radio, right? I mean, it started with the disaster when they hosted Texas, which none of us saw coming, and uh, Texas just took care of business. It carried on in a nasty little hangover, it seemed like, down in Tampa, which I never understood why they were going on that 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 road trip to begin with. I ne- did not like the fact that they were benching Jalen Milrow so quick and giving him the hook. This game, unlike the Auburn-Texas A&M game, I think there's a lot of personal beefs about to get settled out right here. I look at this as like Lane Kiffin is Steve Jobs from his early career at Apple and Nick Saban's IBM, right? <laughs> the traditionalist versus yes. the uh, fun-loving yes. new guy, the Pirates. I'm going to tell you straight up, Lane Kiffin, 0-3 against Nick Saban, 2020. They lose 63-48. to In the famous get-your-popcorn game in 2021, they get drubbed 42-21. Should have won last year, but found a way to lose it at home in 2022, 30-24. My do-or-die game of the year. Both of these teams must have this win. Look, if Alabama loses, their fans scatter like a covey of quail. They abandon this program like you've never seen. The two losses before the sun sets in September, they're done. Okay, it means that much. They have perhaps the worst staff looking now at their staff that they've had in years. It's almost like Nick Saban's coaching by himself right now, and he's got to go up against, in old wrestling terms, the four horsemen from over there at Ole Miss, right? I love it. They I got, love it. They got Lane Kiffin, who was on staff there. They got Pete Golden, who's got a major beef with everybody in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know he's got something to prove tomorrow. Charlie Weiss Jr., who's on that staff at Ole Miss, was over at Alabama. Wes Neighbors third on that staff. I've been saying this for a long time, people. Nick Saban is a is a creature now and a victim of his own longevity. All the coaches under the, his umbrella over all this time who've got all his secrets all coming together like they did at Texas, like they did at Georgia, like they're doing at Ole Miss on the same staff. They're going to have something for him. Mm-hmm. And it's but but you know is this Friday the thirteenth part thirty five? The boogeyman can't be killed. He comes back with a hatchet, Nick, in his in his uh, ski mask, and he's hunting co-eds and Lane Kiffin all around Bryant-Denny Stadium. You've seen the movie before, but it just doesn't feel like it's that. I think it's a close game. I think it's a wild shootout, right? And if Ole Miss can't get it done now with, old, with Lane Kiffin and everything going their way and all the dysfunction, it's not just disarray. It's dysfunction in Tuscaloosa. They never will get it done. He finally gets over the hump. Ole Miss wins this game 41-39, Ole Miss and Alabama loses by, guess what, missing a late field goal in that game. Wow. Well, look, I don't uh, I don't know how to follow that up because you pretty much just killed that. Um, and everything you said about this game, everything you said is true. I've been working um, on that take all week, my friend. And you absolutely <laughs> nailed it, brother. You absolutely nailed it. I couldn't say it any better myself. I mean, look, Alabama 
Um, they, they have one loss already. If they lose this game, I've, I've got my Alabama people telling me the season, not only the season is over, like you said, the fans are going to, and I said this earlier in the week, the fans are going to absolutely cash in on this program and throw in the cards and throw in the towel and lay down the fold like you've never seen them do before. I think they will be out on Nick Saban, which is insane, but I think they will. I think they'll be out on Alabama football. They're going to become massive basketball fans all of a sudden, so be ready for that. Um, And and I'm with you on this as well. I've heard people say this, and I agree. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, it's now or never to beat this Alabama team, and it's not just them. It's a lot of other teams. I think A&M's going to be in that boat. I think Auburn has a chance to be in that boat, which we know Auburn's beating them, but you know what I'm trying to say here. It's now or never for teams to really put the hammer down on Nick Saban and Alabama, and... The fact that this is in Tuscaloosa saves them a touchdown. I think it gives them at least a touchdown off the board for Ole Miss. Um, if this was in Oxford, everybody would be on on the Rebels. I do think, though, there will be a lot of people looking at this game and taking what we've seen so far and taking that 100% and putting it into this football game. Now, you obviously can only go off of what we've seen. There's Obviously, there's no doubt about that. But Alabama is still Alabama. They still have Nick Saban as their head coach. And I think Jalen Milrow, who is starting tomorrow, I think he's a good quarterback. Do I think he's great? No. But I do think he gives Alabama the best chance to win. And you and I talked about this last week when the news came out about Tyler Buckner. And we were all just confused as why you weren't letting him play and get more comfortable and get ready for a game like this. I think it's going to be fun. The atmosphere is going to be good, as good as it can be in Tuscaloosa. Um, 2.30, CBS, the whole world is going to be watching this game. I'm back and forth on it, man. I really, really am. I'm back and forth on it. Ole Miss, I want to pick them so bad, but I feel like it's a game that Alabama just survives. I feel like it's a game they just find a way to get it done. I don't think they have a great year. They're going to drop some games down the road, but for whatever reason... And if I'm wrong, awesome. But I'm going to take Alabama. I'm going to take – and look, I'm not saying I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to pick the Crimson Tide. Like, no, I'm taking Alabama. I think they find a way to get it done, maybe force a couple of turnovers, get the crowd into it, come up with some defensive stops because I think their defense is solid. And I'm going to take Alabama. But it's not going to be pretty. It'll be a good game, but Alabama's going to be stressing still after this game on Saturday. Well, it's a smart pick. I mean, it's it's me more using my heart than my head as an average fan. You know, as a professional, you, you see these things a little bit differently than I do. And and look, in, in Ole Miss, I just pointed out, he's 0-3 against the old man, yeah. right? You know, maybe he can't maybe he can't beat him. And so. Uh, and so it's a it's a it's a solid smart pick. The game could go either way. I think both teams have to withstand an early bunch of punches from the other team, of, uh, just mm-hmm. a flurry of them, like a little lightweight, just pa 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 pa, you right. know. And because I'm telling you, if Ole Miss gets down early, we've seen this before when they've played Alabama, they got no chance. Right. But we've also seen them come out and drop some points on them, and then Alabama have something for them. But I'm telling you right now, there's there's issues in Tuscaloosa on that coaching staff. I think they've been understated tremendously everywhere kevin still goes bad things happen Mm -hmm. fact 
okay? And Tommy Reese, look at Notre Dame's offense. Now, I know they have Sam Hartman, but it was putrid last year. They were happy to see him go, although he played there. Who knows what they're doing offensively? And unless Alabama's taken the last two weeks to secretly implement the Gus Malzahn offense, the RPO, the street ball from 2013, and they roll with that with Jalen Milrow, I think you're going to see a lot of the same issues. And and I don't care what anybody says. This whole murder ball, this relentless murder ball and this offensive line, and they were going to physically zombie mode push people around. We hadn't seen it yet this year. They've got problems, man. And I think you. this will be one of those, if not maybe the most, or I don't know the best way to say this, tensions are going to be high tomorrow you're going to see some chippiness you're going to see some some emotions and the thing that Nick Saban has been so good at before we get to break the thing that Nick Saban has been so good at is discipline 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 guys don't get in trouble they don't get dumb penalties they don't get in fights on the field they don't chirp at each other on the other team this will be the biggest test for that tomorrow against Ole Miss. Because if you're Lane Kiffin, you better go in and tell your guys, be in their face, talk some trash, get in their heads, because they're mentally weak compared to former Alabama teams. I think Ole Miss can do that. I think they can use that to their advantage. And I think Alabama is not where they have been coaching-wise because of all the reasons you just said. Maybe some dumb penalties give Ole Miss a chance to win this football game. They're really going to be put to the test is Alabama tomorrow mentally. I think that's a big factor in this football game. When we come back, I know we got to get to a break. We'll talk about some of the other big games going on in college football outside of the SEC. We'll have a few minutes to do that before we start talking Auburn and Texas A&M here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the second hour brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on ESPN 106.7. the line on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio for the Friday edition of On the Line. Hour number two brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. Plug everything you got going on, Uncle T, before we start talking about some other big games around the country. Yeah, this past week, every uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I drop a weekly blog over at www.radiofreeauburn.com. You just go down to the blog section. This week is entitled Massive Week 4 in College Football. We've discuss that that is in there I go through and I break down the seven games that have uh, AP top 25 matchups the lines are a little bit different this was posted earlier in the week they have changed and we will talk about that and Jacob I kind of want to get your thoughts on some of these games starting at 12 p.m. tomorrow ABC nationwide number four Florida State at Clemson that line was three and a half points at one point uh, the Knolls given the Tigers and it's it's dropped faster than Enron stock this week now Clemson catching one and a half I don't see it what do you think I don't see it either it's a game that is competing directly with Auburn Texas A&M so you definitely have to pull up dual monitors dual TVs to get both of these games going um, it's so interesting I've talked about it where This game has flown under the radar because of how bad Clemson has looked to this point. Uh, We know Florida State looked really bad last week, almost lost to Boston College. They had a ton of injuries, ton of starters not playing in this football game. Don't overthink it. 
Don't overthink it. Yeah. Florida State's number four in the country for a reason. Clemson lost to Duke and struggled against their other two non-conference opponents for a reason. I don't care that it's in Clemson, South Carolina. I don't care that it's an 11 a.m. game. Give me Florida State. I've got them winning by at least a touchdown. Jordan Travis will have a field day against Clemson tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, normally I'd beware a wounded tiger at home. You know, Dabo Sweeney's, uh, it's do or die for him this season. Not, he doesn't have the dudes to compete. Yeah, it's not It's not like do or die like Jimbo Fisher where it's desperation mode. You're coaching for your life, which is going to be a recurring theme for him every week, mm-hmm. right? Just like it's going to be a recurring theme for Alabama is the dynasty dead every week win lose or draw it's not not necessarily fair but it is what it is you know look I think Jordan Travis goes crazy I don't think Clemson has near the dudes on defense to to stay with the dynamic playmakers of FSU on the outside I got the Knowles winning 30 to 21 and Dabo you might want to start embracing the NIL you might want to start embracing game players and the transfer portal because you're being left behind and this is a classic example of it you better believe it um another game and and we can carry this over into the next seven we're going to get kicked out of here for a break in just a couple of minutes what other games you got on there because man uh, again i well, cannot stress it enough yep. it's such a big weekend. well i will just go through with the times we talked about Ole miss and alabama at 2 30 on cbs how about ucla catching five at utah and i believe that game is 2 30 on fox what are your thoughts there well, the Pac-12, there are look, there are six top 25 games this weekend, six top 25 matchups. Three of those, which is half, I know it's easy math, half of those are from the Pac-12, which includes UCLA and Utah. They've quietly become the best conference. It's a real shame because it's all about to dissolve. I know. I hate it too, man. I absolutely hate it. It's a really good, interesting game. UCLA is a sneaky good team don't let them fool you because they haven't been all that great this, or in the past. Dante Moore quietly won that quarterback starting job. Seven touchdowns, one interception on the road at Utah. Not sure how confident I am. Do we know the situation around Cam Rising? I'll be honest, I don't have an update yeah, on that. Yeah, I believe that he's going to be playing. He practiced all week from everything I gather. I, I'm not so certain that he has to play for Utah to win this game. They've gotten some good experience with their backups through the first three weeks of the season, but I anticipate seeing him out there UCLA a much improved program under Chip Kelly they actually play a little defense but I like the Utes at home in a low scoring Pac-12 game okay 23 to 17 okay I like Utah as well but I like points here I think this is a back and forth game especially if rising is playing I think it could be a really, really fun one um, there at 2.30 on Fox. When we come back, I do want to talk about a couple of other big games around college football and that we are going to get into Auburn and Texas A&M. I know we got thoughts on that. we got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone. He joins me every Friday here in the studio, the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And hour number two is brought to you by our friends at Cincy Green Heating and Air. A couple of more games going on around college football. 
We want to mention a couple of them. We want to talk about a couple of them really, really quickly. Uh, and then we want to do a full dive on Auburn and Texas A&M. What else you got, T? Colorado at Oregon tomorrow at 2.30. I believe that's on Fox. I think that you uh, feel like Oregon's going to control this game. Look, Colorado, like Auburn, a thin roster. Injuries may start stacking up. That'll be a theme for them. I think primetime will be ready for this game, and I think he'll have his team ready. I just don't think that they've got the weapons right now with Travis Hunter being out. Look for – Look for them to try and make this into a shootout, though. That's their only way of uh, competing in this game. Ducks control it, but the score's closer. I've got Oregon 49, Colorado 40. Yeah, shout out to Colorado, 3-0. and They had the best viewership numbers last week in the late slate, a game that went to 2 o'clock in the morning here Central Time, and yet they crushed every other game on television with viewership numbers. They're the biggest story in college football. I don't care what you say. They are. They have been the biggest story. This will be a must-watch game to start. But I, I've said it all week. I think Oregon is a much better team. I think Bo Nix is a legitimate Heisman contender once again. Um, I think this is a good Oregon team, and I think they win. I think they control it. 21's a lot of points in any football game with, with two top 25 teams. Colorado covers, but Oregon wins convincingly in Eugene tomorrow. Oregon State at Washington State tomorrow night full transparency i don't know a lot about these teams watch out for the beavers all i can say yeah the beavers have uh clemson tra- uh, transfer portal dj U- ugulele can you say that dj ugulele yeah five times yeah. not right. five times no <laughs> hey y'all miss him yet clemson uh all i'm saying is washington state's been a sneaky good program for a few years now looking back bowl bowl team six out of the last seven years i like the cougars at home no. who, who have gone on the road and taken down wisconsin i'm gonna take the cougars 29 osu 24 give me the beavers baby i talked about them at the beginning they were dark course and a really really good pac 12 i'll take the beavers who were favored on the road which is kind of crazy look pullman gets kind of weird at night sometimes up there give me the beavers though on the road yeah iowa at penn state in happy valley uh, tomorrow night it will be a whiteout at Beaver Stadium in State College. They have like Beaver State. They have like fifteen different names for that area. We'll just call it Happy Valley. There you go. The Nittany Lions. You know how much I like this team. They yeah. are oh so close to standing up to Michigan and Ohio State and taking them down in the Big Ten. This will not be a matchup. If it were in Iowa, it might be a different story. The Nittany Lions blow the doors off the Hawkeyes, thirty-four to twelve. This is just a boring game, man. This is a boring game. It's a typical Big Ten game. Game. it's a night game big 10 on cbs doesn't that sound a little bit weird um the penn state easily iowa can't score um, they have a little bit this year but i just think penn state's a really good team i'll have it on in the background somewhere maybe sure but i've got penn state big um 15 points maybe not but i'll take penn state to win by at least a touchdown because the other game that's going on at the exact same time will have all the viewership going on Saturday night, number six, Ohio State, the Buckeyes taking on number nine, Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish. The big question here, can Notre Dame win the big one? Can they beat a team that is a big name? Can they win the big game for the first time in pretty much their whole lives? Notre Dame, Ohio State, big time game, 630 on NBC. Game of the week, no doubt. Most likely the game of the year so far So far in week four of college football. This is it for Notre Dame. This is the one their fans have been waiting for. This is the big one. They're going to have to bring in Rudy Rudiker, bring in the Gipper man, bring in that leprechaun from the Lucky Charms commercials. They're going to be calling all Irish. They're going to they're going to have game day there tomorrow, yeah, Jacob. Yeah. And my man Vince Vaughn, Jamie O'Hare from Love the movie it. Rudy, I saw will be that. the guest picker. Love There's Vince Vaughn. There's no 
way Notre Dame loses this one. Wow. I'm calling for the luck of the Irish. The whiskey will be flowing in South Men, <laughs> right? Irish 31, Ohio State 30. Wow. It, dude, I'm so excited for this game. I really, really am. Uh, we all know what Sam Hartman has done so far. He's got 13 total awesome. touchdowns, thrown for over 1,000 yards already in four games. Remember that. Notre Dame has the extra game. You do have to remember that. So they are 4-0. and um, This game, being in South Bend, is huge. Dude. If this was in the shoe in Columbus, I'd be worried for Notre Dame because that's a really big situation for them to not get up and play. I think Notre Dame gets up. I think Notre Dame is loud. I think they're ready. I think Hartman throws all over that Ohio State defense. Ohio State's got the receivers. There's no doubt about it. They just don't have a quarterback to throw it to. And They're deliberately getting better each week at QB. I think they waited too long to settle on naming their quarterback. But how do you just reload every year and replace cj stroud who was fantastic i think you're seeing the same thing at at alabama when you got a once in a lifetime player at quarterback or they come back to back and back enjoy it while it lasts Mm -hmm. because it won't always last that's right and people keep saying that the quarterback situation is going to figure itself out at ohio state with with mccord it won't be on Saturday night in South Bend. I don't think so. Either. I like Notre Dame straight up as a home underdog in a night game against the down Buckeyes team. No. Give me Notre Dame. I'm ready to get hurt picking this team. Give me the <laughs> Fighting Irish on Saturday night taking on the Buckeyes. Folks, this is what I like to call the wrong team is favored, right? Yes. Ohio, Notre Dame catching points at night in South Bend. They're not going to break your heart this week. If they get through this game, they're going to break your heart next week in the classic letdown game at Duke. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That will be a really, really fun game going on tomorrow night, 6.30 on NBC, of, of course, the home of Notre Dame. So many great games, so many big matchups across college football. But for those of you listening to this station, this show right now, there is none bigger than what's happening at 11 a.m. at Kyle Field in College Station, Texas, when your Auburn Tigers hit the road to take on Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies, a team that has been favored all week long, Uncle T-Bone, I've seen this spread go anywhere from seven points for A&M all the way to eight and a half for Texas A&M. Your initial thoughts on this game overall, a big opportunity for both teams to get a win. I had my Texas A&M guy on earlier. He said it like this, Auburn has a lot more to gain if they win but Texas A&M has a lot more to lose. It's uh, surprising how relaxed I've been all week about this game and how confident I've been about Auburn's chances to go out there and not just hang in there with Texas A&M, but actually take care of business. Um, You know, look, I've had fans and friends of mine tell me they're terrified of this game. They're watching the line. They don't understand it, that A&M's got more talent than we do and and all the sandbagging talk and that we're done and and this is just a bad bad setup for us. I disagree. Um, Auburn's already been on the road in a very long road trip out to Berkeley. I think that's huge here. It's huge. They're acclimated to the road. I do not like the fact that it's going to be like 5,000 degrees tomorrow in College Station. It is going to be brutal tomorrow. And every time I watch that game, it seems like it's super hot no matter where they play it, no matter when they play it, and it's super bright. Auburn cannot, and I'm going to get that point in a minute, Auburn cannot turn the ball over one time tomorrow and expect to win this ball game. Not once. And Jacob, I wow. know our man okay. is out, Keontae Scott. Yes, he is. But what is up with the muff punt? Stop just fielding those things, especially in that bright sun tomorrow in College Station. Do something different, Auburn. No muff punts. 
Special teams, like you've called all year, are going to be huge. Uh, according to secsports.com, A&M has the number one kicker in the league in Randy Bond. They don't cover kickoffs very well, and I'm looking for my man Brian Bate to be a game changer tomorrow in College Station in that aspect. But turnovers, obviously, Auburn must run the ball tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I just and there's a lot of ways. And Auburn, surprisingly, I believe is leading the league in rushing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they are. And and they're doing it in all kinds of different ways. They're doing it with Red Zone Robbie. They're doing it with Peyton Thorne, who we both agreed early in the season reminds us more of a Bo Nix type runner than a classic standback quarterback. Tomorrow, this is a big challenge and the one to watch. Can Auburn's offensive line get a push on that highly recruited and sometimes overrated, in my opinion, Texas A&M defensive line. Because if they can and can get Jarquez Hunter going, we can win this ball game. You bring up a lot of great points there, um, talking about this Auburn to Texas A&M game. Um, when it comes to the running game, I want to start there. Yeah, Auburn leads the SEC in rushing offense, and it's funny because what have we talked about and what have you heard all week long is like, well. Auburn, yeah, the numbers look good, but they haven't looked all that great running the football, but yet they're the best team in the league so far. Now it's only through three games, but it still says something, and and I think we can all agree that Auburn has to run the football well. You can say that anytime you go on the road, um, that you have to establish the running game, and Auburn can do that with guys like Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin, Jeremiah Cobb, Brian Batiste, Sean Jackson, whoever they want to put back there, they have a good chance to make some plays. Injuries are a problem on both sides of the football. Um, You mentioned the offensive line, and and they've been practicing this week, and so uh, the worries there were Cam Stutz and and too tall Isaiah Miller. They both practiced this week, and I'm I'm being told that seems like they're good to go. Um, Hopefully that is the case tomorrow there at Texas A&M. Auburn has to run the ball. But Auburn has to throw the ball because this Texas A&M pass defense is not all that good. And we saw Auburn throw it, what, 38 times, 36 times last week against Sanford to get Peyton Thorne comfortable in the offense. I think he is comfortable. He has to limit his mistakes. Those decisions that Hugh Freeze talks about at the end of his postgame pressers talking about Peyton Thorne, well, he made four or five mistakes tonight that he can't make. Well, he made two or three bad decisions. He made one last week against Sanford, according to Hugh Freeze. If you can make 0-1, to one, if you're Peyton Thorne, you have a really good chance to win this football game. If Auburn can run the ball, get, I don't know, 150 yards of, uh, of rushing offense on the road, I think you have a good chance to win. And Auburn's got to force some turnovers as well, because Texas A&M's going to throw and chest that really, really good Auburn secondary that we've talked about all season long. They've got NFL talent back there right now. Jalen Simpson, you're going to hopefully get Nehemiah Pritchett back. You have K.N. Lee, you have J.D. Rem, you have those types of guys who can make big plays back there. And I think they are going to be tested, but you know how you can help those guys out? Get some pressure. Get to Connor Wigman. Get to the quarterback. Make him work, make him run, and make him extremely stressed out. I think if you can do those things tomorrow, if you're Auburn, you have a good chance to win this football game. You also brought up the weather, and I think that's a really important factor here. Currently in College Station, it's 96 degrees, but it feels like 104. The high tomorrow is 99. So it's going to feel like, what, 107, if you use the same math there, give or take? I mean, it's going to feel over 100 degrees in College Station, Texas. It is 11 a.m. You're playing in the heat of the day. 
Auburn knows that, though. Auburn's yeah. been practicing in that, so it's a factor, but I don't think it'll be anything too crazy. Um, any, well, what is it? Well, you just hope that the guys, and I think that Auburn's going to be about as healthy minus the players that are permanently out right now, right. that they've been just about all year and will be going forward moving into College Station. There's going to be plenty of nicks and bruises and plenty of questionable people moving forward. This, we're getting into the meat of the season, right? So you just hope that the guys that are hurt or have been hurt and haven't been playing are conditioned enough to handle that kind of excessive heat warning that's happening. And if not, that hopefully they went and saw my man, Dr. John Toll over at Hydramed and there got, you go. got ready, right? Sponsor of 94.3. That's right. Game day on wings. So it's going to be a long day, by the way, fans. Get over there and see him. I'm with you. Back to Hugh Freeze. I disagree a little bit, and I don't disagree with Coach much, but I think that they made, he made two critical mistakes on both interceptions last week. Okay, and I know the one ball bounced off uh, one of the receiver's hands in the red zone, but just don't force it. And this is what Coach Freeze was talking about last night at Tiger Talk. It's okay, Peyton, to punt every once in a while. Yep. Which gives me a lot of comfort that Coach Freeze is very comfortable with our defense right now. We don't have to go out there and light it up. And I know Hugh Freeze and his staff and Philip Montgomery are known as offensive guys that like to score a lot of points. I look for this game to be a slobber knocker. Mm. I think Hugh Freeze is def- can be a mutter. I think he can get into a knockdown, dragout fight. And I think that's what you're going to see tomorrow in Texas A&M because if it's a shootout, I don't like our chances. We'll get to our final break, come back, want to get your thoughts, and I want to talk a little bit about the other side, Texas A&M. We've heard all the, the, the noise coming from their fans, from their media, about how big of a game this is for them, for Jimbo Fisher. How can Auburn combat that? How can Auburn go up against that and shut out that and play their, their, their brand of football anyway? We'll talk about that and give our final thoughts and predictions here on the Friday edition of On the Line. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly here on the Friday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390. And Lewis, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing good, man. What's on your mind? Oh, no. Just want to know how y'all think Peyton Thorne will, will handle that noise tomorrow uh, down at Texas A&M. You know, that's going to be, you know, a little dip, different atmosphere uh, that he's probably been in. You know, coming from the Big Ten, I'm pretty sure they got a lot of loud stadiums, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a little different going down to Aguilar. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question because, you know, Auburn, of course, made a road trip already this year, but it was to California, and, and you know, we know there were over 10,000 Auburn fans there, and, and there's nothing really hostile about going to play in Berkeley, California. You mentioned that Peyton Thorne coming from, from Michigan State. He played in the biggest of big stadiums um, and playing there in the Big Ten. He was there for a few years, so I think he got his rotation of, of the shoe at Ohio State and the big house and stuff like that, but... We all know that SEC fans are just different, and SEC atmospheres are just different because, right, it just means more, and I think that's really true. And so um, that's a really good point that maybe not enough people are talking about, the fact that uh, Peyton Thorne has to play well. Over 100,000 fans are going to be there at Kyle Field, and so I think he'll play okay. I think he's got some confidence. I think last week helped him in the passing game, um, but Auburn's going to have to find a way to to have some signals and maybe even some up-tempo offense to where he doesn't have to communicate with the offensive line because of the loud noise there at Kyle Field. Right, right. 
I just like to, I just hope tomorrow we 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 have more third and short and third and long. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can get in that situation to where maybe he have to you know last week him running the ball. I like what I saw on that deal, but if we can if he can do that tomorrow and put us in some third and four, third and five maybe. I think we'll be able to. He'll be able to get in a rhythm, hopefully, and uh, be able to push us through. Just don't need to be in no third and ten and third and twelve playing down there in Texas A and uh, uh, M. That'll be, you know, that crowd is gonna come come to life uh, when it's third and long. Yeah, Kyle Field. You know, it's got this reputation of just being this wild place to play, home of the wrecking crew and the twelfth yeah. man and the and yeah. the and the cheerleaders who dress like sailors and jump around and do yeah. whatever you know. And but I can tell you this: historically, Auburn's four and one there, and unlike the previous staff and Brian Harson, Hugh Freeze has coached there. So he's got right. a very good understanding of what it takes to go into College Station and win a football game. I know it's a big stadium, and it does get loud. We saw that the last time Auburn went there. But when you put some points up on the board over there, that crowd gets quiet really quick. Good. That's, that's what I'm hoping we do tomorrow. <laughs> yes, sir. That's, that's what we're all hoping for. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. You know, Jacob, we talked a lot about Auburn. You talked to your man out there from Aggieland. What's Texas A&M got for us tomorrow? I think Texas A&M, and again, Lewis, we do appreciate the call as we get here to wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. Texas A&M is a confident – I think they're a confident bunch. I think the team is confident. I think the fans are worried because they know how big of a game this is because Texas A&M and Jimbo, they have to win this game. I mean, this is a game they're supposed to win. He's coaching for his career. I mean, he very well could be. And if he wants to really save his job down the road this season, he's not going to get fired if they lose this game. But they're going to be 2-2, two and two, the season's over, and how do you get your team motivated to play other games in the SEC West? I think it'll crash and burn and they'll fire him eventually. So yeah, you could say he's coaching for his job. I do think they play that way. I think they play well. I think they're going to throw the football. They're going to challenge Auburn. But as I mentioned, Auburn's defense is really good so far. If you can get pressure on Connor Wigman, don't let him sit back there and pick you apart. Um, They're going to be ready. Auburn has to do a lot of things well offensively. Don't turn the ball over. Like Lewis was just mentioning, it's a great point. You can't be in third and longs on the road and expect to pick him up and expect to win the football game. Um, I think Auburn will be up. I think Auburn will be ready. They're going to be wearing their stormtrooper whites with the orange face masks tomorrow i think it looks fantastic we talked about that a little bit on the show yesterday uh before the official news broke so excited to see those uh on tv tomorrow and of course catching on the radio so you broke that story is what you're saying i like it Uh, a little bit well they tweeted out you know heard you guys like orange and we talked about it here on the show a little bit i did say it was going to be always so humble folks jacob's in on the inside you need to be listening to him all the time and on twitter too i'm excited for this game i really really am my final pick here we go this is a again this is a coin toss game it really really is the spreads way too much a&m they might win by a touchdown but they're not going to win by more than that if they do i think if auburn does auburn things and they don't turn the ball over they just get in a rhythm right and don't get flustered don't get frustrated i think auburn a&m has better talent recruiting wise numbers wise where is it you know, we've been waiting for it for years now. It's there. They just don't have the coaches to bring it out. I think they have the better recruits, but I think Auburn has the better team. And Auburn has the better coach. 
Auburn's going to win this football game tomorrow. Oh, Auburn like wins this game tomorrow, 34-27. That's my final prediction. Auburn wins on the road. My man in a high-scoring affair, I'm going to go – opposite on the amount of points i think that hugh freeze and his staff turned this into a an old-fashioned woodshed fight go into the backyard with your little brother and let's see two men enter one man leave right let's see who mans up auburn's man enough to win this game um i believe that texas a&m if it all does go bad jacob they have the perfect uh intern coach on staff waiting to take over (laughs) and i and auburn fans if you know you know and uh i looked at this i'm a fan right i pick from the heart sometimes that gets me in a lot of trouble i've had a lot of auburn fans contacting me all week telling me they're scared to death of this game i've done a deep dive statistically nothing jumps out Nothing jumps out to me that Texas A&M will dominate us. Auburn wins this game late, 24-23, on a field goal made All right. by Alex McPherson. Thank you so much to Sense of Green, and I appreciate you having me here, Jacob Goins. Of course. Hey, tomorrow, early on Wings 94.3, 7 a.m., Uncle T-Bone and Jumpin' Jack Hutton going live for game day on Wings 94.3. Rolls right into the Tiger Tailgate Show at 8 a.m. with Andy Birch and Paul Allen and Brad Law, all the guys at the Auburn Sports Network, and kickoff of Auburn football here locally in Auburn, Opelika, on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uncle T, enjoyed it as always, brother. Enjoy the games this week weekend and i'll talk to you this weekend and next week yep thanks for having me Tri- check them out at www.sensegreen.com for air that's cool and clean call sensegreen until monday two to four here on espn 1067 i'm jacob go and stay safe have a great weekend and i'll talk to you later